Super Talk Mississippi media production. MLB draft just a few days away. Obviously, a lot to talk about from the Mississippi State perspective. So, we've got one of the experts, Keith Law, senior baseball writer for The Athletic, joining us here on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. Keith, I read your most recent uh, mock draft, which looks like it came out a little earlier today as we're, as we're talking on, on a Wednesday. You got Jordan Westberg. We'll start with the college guys. You've got Westberg going in the uh, first round, towards the back end of the first round, to the Oakland A's at 26. He's a guy that, you know, obviously Joel and I have seen a lot of, and the tools are certainly there. Is there a lot of confidence among scouts that he can put everything together and, and become a complete player? Uh, I'm sorry, you cut out for a second there. Which player did you ask? Oh, Westberg. Westberg. Um, I'll put it this way. I think Westberg, he may go in the first round. I think he's probably not really a first-rounder on pure talent. I think he probably belongs more in the second round. I think there's too many questions about ultimate position. I think there's questions about whether his bat, how his bat is going to ultimately profile um, as he gets into pro ball. Uh, he's probably the best, best pure prospect on this team. He punched out 69 times last time for Mississippi State. Guys who strike out that often have a really hard time making a lot of contact in pro ball. And unfortunately, like all players in this draft, he didn't get a full spring to show if he was any better. He didn't even get into SEC play. If he'd gone into the SEC, had a strong spring of higher contact rates, then maybe he would have changed some folks' minds. But as it is, the sophomore year is kind of what stands out, and that's why I at least have uh, and I think I reflect a lot of scouts' opinions. We have real questions about how much he's going to hit when he gets to the Pro Bowl. In your previous mock draft, uh, your 2.0, you had JT Ginn in the uh, first round at the 28th pick going to the Yankees. You dropped him mm-hmm. out of the first round in this most recent mock draft. Is that just a, a situation where you know, you're just figuring out what people are leaning towards or was something, something going on with Ginn that might, may have dropped him down a little bit? No, it's what I'm hearing. Right? So these mock drafts are I try to talk to as many industry sources as I can and get a sense of what we're, what we're all hearing. What do we think certain teams are doing? Some teams are more willing to be open about what they're doing themselves. A lot of it is folks just telling me what they hear other teams are likely to do. And I'm really not hearing Ginn's name a lot in the first round anymore because it's not just the Tommy John thing, but obviously he was represented by Scott Boris out of high school, so folks don't think he's going to sign that cheaply. Uh, he is sophomore eligible, so he potentially could come back next year and come out again as a junior. And he's a six-foot right-hander who's got some delivery questions. And it wasn't a huge shock that he got hurt because even in high school there were knocks against him for the effort in his delivery. So all of those things combined mean that some teams that might ordinarily be willing to roll the dice on a Tommy John guy with this kind of upside, like Washington, seems like they're less interested. Maybe they would have ordinarily been. I still think JT probably goes in the first 40 picks or so if he's willing to sign, but... I did not hear him enough, strongly enough with any team to put him in the first round. You think it's just going to be a signability thing to determine whether or not he's back at Mississippi State for, for another season? Is there a, yeah, a scenario that allows that? It's up to him, right? If he, were, if he came out and said, I'm willing to sign for a million dollars, he would absolutely be drafted. Now, he should ask for more than that because I think he's better than that. I do think, um, ultimately, there's probably a dollar figure that he would accept that some team is willing to pay him. But it may be that it goes to somebody's second pick. There are a number of teams that have extra picks in between the first and second round. A lot of those teams also have high picks in the second round. Baltimore and Kansas City both come to mind, which means they have a lot of money to play with. So they could potentially go to again and say, we'll give you first-round money. We're just not actually taking you with a first-round pick. And then they pay somebody a little bit less than the allotted uh, slot value in their third or fourth-round pick, say. That could work. And I actually think he's one of three or four guys who seem very likely to be picked 
in that kind of scenario because this way he's not your first pick. You're not putting all of your eggs in the basket of a kid who's still coming back from Tommy John. Keith, Justin Voskey is a guy that shows a lot of power at second base, uh, was not in, in your most recent mock draft uh, on Wednesday. Is he a, He's a guy that has been in some mock drafts in the first round. Is Justin Foscue a guy you could see being a first-round guy before all is said and done at some point? Uh, it would not shock me if he was a first-rounder. I don't personally think he goes there. I know a few teams in the 20s that might have interest in him. I think he also is seen as somebody like Westberg, even though they're very different players, but he's seen as somebody who probably would be a bit of a reach to get him into the first round because, unfortunately, although he's got some raw power, he really hasn't shown it very much. He showed, hit about 14 home runs as a sophomore, didn't show any power as a freshman, hadn't shown a lot of power so far this spring, hasn't shown power with the wood bat. So while there's clearly some power in the package, one thing I hear from scouts is a question of whether he's actually going to have that power going forward once he's hitting with wood in pro ball, and especially since he's going to play, probably going to end up playing third or second base. We expect those guys to have a little bit of power. You don't have to be a 30 or 40 home run guy, but... Most teams would like a guy with the capability of hitting 20 home runs at either of those positions, and it's just not clear whether he can get to that kind of power. It's in the body, but whether he can actually get to it in games. There are some other uh, juniors at Mississippi State, and I guess, you know, given the extra year of eligibility, they'll still be juniors next year too, I guess. But but, uh, Tanner Allen, uh, Rowdy Jordan, Josh Hatcher are names that, I guess in some years, if this was the traditional 40-round draft, you might see go. Are they guys, though, that you could see at any point in the in, in this five-round draft? Or are guys like Allen, Jordan, and, and Hatcher probably best served to go on back to school and, and, and see where they, they fit in in next year's draft? I don't think any of those guys are going to get drafted next yeah. week. It's just five rounds. And, you know, also what's going to happen with some teams, not all teams, but teams are going to get to that fifth round and they're going to try to lowball some players and say, well, if you don't get drafted now, you can only get $20,000 after the draft. And so they're going to probably try to target some players who they think are particularly signable, particularly vulnerable, uh, knowing that their alternative is to take twenty grand or just go back to school. That may mean we see a lot of junior college players or college seniors signed in that fifth round and makes it even, I think, a little bit worse for college juniors. There are a lot of players who are adversely affected by the by the shorter draft, but those some of those guys you named are that's that class, right? The college juniors who would have been taken in round six or ten in a typical draft, they just get basically just get nothing. Yeah. Let's look at the high school guys, and we'll start with the 19th pick in your mock, the New York Mets taking Austin Hendrick, a guy that ever since he committed to Mississippi State, I think most people would have told you it was a pipe dream to ever get him on campus. But you mentioned that he's you know he's an older prospect; he's he's going to be 19 at the time of the draft. He'll be a, a sophomore eligible player. Uh, and you're saying he may ask for an overslot bonus, even though scouts couldn't play see him play this year. Is there a, a window, no matter how small, that Austin Hendrick could end up in Starkville? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, that's JT Ginn, right? JT Ginn. Well, other than JT was actually from Mississippi, right? So there, I think there was a little bit more of a, an emotional tie between him and the school. But otherwise, it's the same thing. It is. Yeah, I'm a first round talent now, but I can also go to college and maybe be a top 10 player in two years. I think JT, if they, if he had been healthy and there had been a full spring, he may have gone in the top 10 pick. So I don't know that his gamble was necessarily uh, wrong. It didn't work because, like a lot of pitchers, he gets hurt. In Hendricks' case, I think it's a little easier. He could say, I can go to Mississippi State for two years, hit 30 home runs, home runs over two seasons, and come out and be 
you know, why, why can't I be Spencer Torkelson in two years, a guy who's going to go first or second in the draft? I think that's probably Hendricks' argument. Um, and because he didn't play this year, there are still some unresolved questions about swing mechanics and how much contact he can actually make. We know he's got crazy power. You know he has huge exit velocities. That's not the question. But when a player like that goes to college and proves it for two years, he can make himself a lot more money. So I don't think he'd be out of line to be asking for a top ten bonus. But I don't know that he'll get it because, once again, nobody got to see him play this spring. And then you talk about power in the high school ranks and a Mississippi kid. Blaze Jordan is a guy. You know, here in Mississippi, we've been hearing about Blaze Jordan since he was in seventh grade. Uh, you know, yeah. c- committed to Mississippi State. We've all seen the highlight videos. Not in your first round mock. I haven't seen him in any first round mocks that I've seen across the internet. W- what's the situation with him? Where do you think he's going to end up? Well, he's just not very good. I mean, that's the weird thing. I don't know why he's had this kind of hype or reputation since he was in seventh grade. He's just not that good of a prospect. He's a first baseman who it's not really clear he can hit for game power. He doesn't have a lot of athleticism. I think there's way too many questions. I mean, even before we talk about the bad history of Mississippi high school kids in the draft, the only thing Blaze Jordan really has going for him is that he's young. He's, because he reclassified, he's a 17-year-old. And there are some teams that particularly value high school position players who are 17 at the time of the draft. Cleveland is one of them. The Giants are one of them. Maybe one of those teams, Texas would be another. Maybe one of those teams has interest in him in the second round. But the truth is, a high school first baseman with major questions about some of his offensive game, that's just not that much of a prospect. He would probably be way better served going to college to see what kind of player he actually is. Keith, I don't know, I don't know how familiar you are with Mississippi State's uh, signing class, but uh, is there anyone else that comes to mind that, that, that Mississippi State fans might want to keep an eye out for on, on over the course of the five-round draft, whether it's Kellum Clark, uh, Mikey Tepper, a couple of other names that have – I guess, had a little steam, um, at least around here. Uh, is there any other guys that come to mind as Mississippi State signees that guys might want to keep an eye out for? Yeah, the only other guys I even had, and they're not even, probably not even guys I'm going to write about, but Kellen Clark and Jackson Bristow are the two that I think if we'd had a regular length of draft, there might have been some interest. But Clark is already 19 years old. That works the other way, right? It works against, like it does with Hendrick, works against the position player. He'll be sophomore eligible in two years if he goes to school. Fristo is 19, also be the pitcher. It's kind of less important for him. I, I really don't see either of those guys getting drafted, unless one of them is way more signable than I am aware of. And I fully admit, I don't know a lot of player signability. Those are not guys who are going to go in the top two, three rounds anyway. I think in a year like this especially, they go to school. And if I were any college coach, this isn't specific to Mississippi State, my worry about my top recruits is actually less that they get drafted and more that they might say, I'm going to go to junior college, try to come out next year. Yeah. Because obviously we're all hoping next year guys will play. And for guys who thought, well, I might get you know, 800 grand and then sign this year, that type of player doesn't exist. Right? He thought that high school kid going over slot, getting over slot money in the you know, 10th, 11th round or something, that doesn't exist this year. That kid is a candidate to go to junior college. Yeah, we, we've been talking about that on this program and others, about how there could be some elite junior college uh, baseball teams this year across the country. Yeah. So something yeah, which would be great, by yeah. the way. I'm all in favor of that. By all means, go to junior college, play for a year, save some money, especially if you're only going to get maybe a quarter scholarship. By all means, do that. If you play well, you will still be able to go to an elite four-year school one or two years later. 
Really interesting stuff today. Keith, we really appreciate your time. Keith Law from The Athletic. He's the guy to follow for the MLB draft. Thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Stay safe. Thanks, Keith. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.